Good morning, good morning. It's March 22, 2022, and you're listening to Conversations with Me. Today's episode Empire Strikes Back. Happy St. Patty's Day. on here real quick and talk about my St. Patty's Day and how it went at the wonderful, mystical, joyous place I work. So as you can imagine, I'm the only black counselor on the staff and the rest of the staff happen to be descendants of the good old Irish fun-loving holiday. Which I'm all for everybody celebrating their own culture. That's good, man. Do your thing. But what I'm not for is for it being kind of forced upon me, spoon-fed to me. The irony of it all, to me, is the fact that silence, when it's Martin Luther King Day, silence, when it's Juneteenth, the newest um, government holiday added to the roster, Silence when it comes to Black History Month on February. I gotta give it to one of my co-workers though in his group. He, he incorporated at least two Black History fun facts. But I digress. I'm gonna tell you about my St. Patty's Day. So, last week on the 17th was St. Patty's Day. are obviously excited. It's green everywhere. Clover's for the spoil. And um, the day's menu, corned beef and cabbage. Now, I've only had corned beef and cabbage a couple of times. Is it my favorite? Nah, not really. Not really. First time it was introduced to me was in sixth grade, which is possibly not the best way to receive it. <coughs> and it was gross. As you can imagine, most school lunch is gross. But fast forward to a few years later, I get hired at the place I'm working now, and the chef, who happens to be black, Um, Made corned beef and cabbage at a big uh, St. Patty's Day bash that we had, um, I'm going to say pre-COVID. It was pretty nice. And it was delicious. It was good. 
Not bad for a black chef making a traditional Irish dish. But it was really good. And did it change my mind about the dish? No, not really. I mean, it's not something that I would go to, obviously. It's not my go-to. My go-to is always like Italian or Indian. Just being honest, but did it change my perspective? Yeah. Uh, as far as trying something that I might not be interested, yeah, yeah, it did, it did. But this wasn't that day. So, you know, co-worker excited. I arrived. Happy St. Patrick's Day, happy St. Patrick's Day. Already in your face with it. Okay, I smile. I say, okay. And <clears throat> comes around lunchtime. So one of the co-workers offers to buy the lunch, obviously. What are we going to eat for lunch? Oh, oh, oh. Another co-worker says, oh, it's St. Patty's Day. What do you mean what we're eating for lunch? You know what we're eating for lunch. So he goes, all right, treats on me. Um, I know a place where we could order corned beef and cabbage. So they proceed to do so. Ask everybody if they want a corned beef and cabbage dinner. When it gets to me, I decline. Oh, the horror. You don't want, you don't want corned beef and cabbage? Why? What happened? to intricacies. I didn't want to go into the intricacies of it. Excuse my, excuse me, my tongue hasn't woke up this morning yet. But I just didn't, I wasn't hungry. And if I, even if I was hungry, that's not what I would have chosen to eat. So I just tell her, you know, I'm fasting. I'm fasting. I'm getting ready to go on a trip. I'm fasting. You would think that'd be the end of it, but it wasn't. She proceeds to say, fasting? What are you doing fasting on St. Patty's Day? Like it was a criminal offense. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, fasting, fasting. Oh, all right, well, she proceeds to pull up the menu. She says, ah, what about these? What about these? puzzled because I thought I just told this woman I was fasting but she's not gonna say no for an answer so I just look at her and I'm like what about what she says these corned beef and cabbage egg rolls do you think you might like that I said it sounds interesting I mean I love a good egg roll you know she says oh I'm gonna get those I said no no it's it's cool it's cool because I have this thing I don't like to have certain co-workers buy for me you know I get we all chip in and buy lunch sometimes or coffee with that and I'm fine with that because I'm chipping in but if I'm not gonna partake in a meal I'm not gonna have you buy it for me you know if I'm not chipping in but anywho 
I'm like, no, I politely decline. I'm I'm okay. I don't, I'm not hungry. I said I was fasting. And then she says, oh my goodness, fasting on St. Patty's Day. So then another coworker of mine chimes in because I think she's basically sick of hearing her and says, you know what? I'll get the egg rolls and if you want a bite, we can share. Whatever. I look at her and I nod my head. I say, okay, okay. Maybe about 30 minutes after that, <clears throat> the program manager comes in. <clears throat> well, she's not the program manager, but she oversees the other programs, and mine included. And she comes in and she says, We have to move a client because he's intimidating another client. And just to give you the dynamics of these climate clients for the purpose of the story. One happens to be a young black male. Uh, the one who allegedly punched the other client on my caseload that called in the N-word. And then um, here we are. Like two weeks later, this kid is in another thing. So he's been accused of intimidating an older white male. Basically, not physical intimidation, but just, you know, rumor spreading. The white male is clinically blind, um, and they know each other. They've been in and out of rehab with each other. They're familiar acquaintances, and I guess at one point lived with each other. I don't know. It gets messy in this um, population, but anywho... He's allegedly telling the whole house the guy's not really blind, you know? So it's causing a little bit of resentment amongst the other participants because they feel like he might be pulling a fast one. But he is clinically blind, and I guess the client found out and reported it to staff, and now we have to come up with a solution. So we have to move the other guy to another program so that the other guy can feel comfortable which is understandable, understandable. If the guy's causing contention with the other guys, and yes, that can elevate to physicality. So I get it. So she's on the phone with the other program, getting him ready to go, setting it up. Maybe about... 30 minutes more passes by. The setup is all set. They transport him over there. And maybe about 10 minutes after he arrives, she receives a call. And this is happening in the counselor's office. She receives a call in the counselor's office. And she's like, oh, yeah, he needs a bottom bunk. He has a knee issue. Okay, he has a knee injury, knee surgery. And, um, yeah, so that's all set. But the reason why the other staff or supervisor's calling is because he's complaining about having to climb stairs. So 
she's like, well, how much stairs are there? And she's going through that. Meanwhile, I got the other counselors in the office and at their desk. I'm standing behind one of them making my coffee. And he goes, stairs. Like, what's the problem with stairs? Stairs shouldn't be a problem. Why don't he just climb? Why don't he just jump? Jump, monkey, jump. I'm going to leave that right there. I'm going to leave that right there. Because, now I'm going to pick it back up again. Let me tell you why that is such a derogatory term in reference to a black male. Because of the fact around the Jim Crow era and the blackface era, that is most commonly associated when they were in those costumes trying to... um, portray blacks okay it was very jungle-like and associated with monkey and then it turned into their inhuman so it justified how we can treat them this is why this term is offensive I i have to go into that and you'll see why later so i'm standing behind him i'm making my coffee i'm hearing this shit and my heart rate goes zero to 100 real quick real quick I'm trying to hold my composure finish making my coffee and by that time the program manager is off the phone and she's discussing the plan and they're all chatting amongst themselves and she's explaining um, he's gonna stay there the stairs aren't too bad etc etc so then we both walk out of the office at the same time. But for some reason, she stops and looks over to, at me, and I don't know what my face was saying, but it must have been saying, bitch. <laughs> because she said, you okay? And I looked at her, and I took a pause, because at this point, my heart is in my fucking throat right now. And I'm like, you got a minute? So then um, we go into another room. And I proceed to tell her what my coworker said. And her eyes widen. And she was like, next time that happens, call it out right there. I don't care. I'm in the room. I'm like, yep, I understand. But I'm also not that person. I have to do something that's comfortable within the realm of me okay and I felt like if I opened my mouth at that time given my blood was boiling nothing would have came out correct and then I would have been put in a spot so mm, thank I happened so I'm like yeah I understand what you're saying so I explained to her how that's just not in my character to do that but I will um be letting you know what he said And look at my heart rate, because I had my Apple Watch on at the time, and it's at 119. So just so you know, I need you to see how that sort of rhetoric affects somebody viscerally, physically. 
And she goes, yeah, no, I understand, I understand. I'm going to go address it. So she goes to address it. My guess, she goes back into the office with the other two um, co-workers who happen to be of Caucasian descent or white descent. Um, and I go upstairs to the counselor's office upstairs and just try to focus on work while my chest is literally tight tight I was tight okay so about a half hour later it's about 12.30 now we have to meet for a staff meeting you know meet with my supervisor my direct supervisor the one I um I was talking with earlier was a program. She oversees the programs. So I guess she's like a program manager. I don't know her official title, but anywho. In the staff meeting, sitting there, you could cut the tension with a knife. Which is why I feel like it might have been better to address him alone. Because that's actually what's professionally supposed to be done. You know? To say it in front of the other two co-workers, it's like, mm, that's an issue between one co-worker and another, and it should be privately kept between them, and the team shouldn't be involved in it. Because I think it gives way to bias, which I'm obviously in that position. Right now, I'm sitting in the middle of fucking bias in the meeting because everybody is has a face. Excluding the one co-worker that ordered the egg rolls so the other one could shut up. You know, I fucks with her. She's the coolest white chick I ever fucking met. Let me tell you this one. Mm-hmm. She do. You know, she took African-American studies. We have conversations and she's aware. And I fucks with her. So I exclude her from this. But the other three, boy, oh boy, legs crossed, somber faces. Looked like they were ready for war. And then plus my supervisor. So yes, once again, I'm the only black person in this situation, which if any black person can vouch and and will tell you, they can relate that that is... An uncomfortable situation, not because you feel like you're not supposed to be there or you're doing something wrong. It's just, it's about balance. The balance isn't equal. So you're exposed to um, their characters, their behaviors, and there's nothing to counteract that. You know? And that's how it feels. I'm just explaining how it feels to be in that setting. So my supervisor starts the meeting and she goes over, obviously, the itinerary of the bullet points she wanted to discuss. And one of them happens to be masks. You know, we have to reinforce the mask wearing in the building because there's a new variant out there now. We have to be aware. And then the guy who actually used the the term monkey jump monkey jump in reference to the black client says oh there's a new variant oh where is it coming from china china 
So he keeps doing that, like literally in a Trump voice. And as soon as he did that, a spirit of calm came over me and said, all right, you know what this is, it's game time. Because what that says to me is, y'all are trying to get a rise out of me, you know? Or you want to discuss what's happening, but you don't have the balls to say it out directly because, let's just be honest, people, most white people are passive-aggressive, very much passive-aggressive. So now we're going into the passive-aggressive portion of the meeting. Okay, great. Wonderful. Let's do it. So... The other coworker who couldn't, you know, let me fast says, goes into her jargon and she's kind of regular because she's like this every meeting, you know, antagonizes my supervisor whenever my supervisor tries to like relate something she wants us to enforce or implement during the day and the program, you know, she'll ask like 10 questions for clarity. So she went into that. So that's normal her. But then the other coworker in the corner, he's sitting in the corner and he's got his legs crossed. Then he just like has an outburst like, well, you know, Joanne, um, since we're on the agenda of you know, harm reduction and and how we talk to the clients. How about, oh, we... He proceeds to talk about this recovery specialist earlier, overhearing him speaking to the clients in a brash manner. And he's like, well, why don't we just... Um, how come we don't make um, him apologize? You know, he came to apologize to us for talking to the guys the way he did, but... He didn't apologize to the guys. It's funny how we make certain people apologize for things and and, um, not others. So my ears perked up. I said, well, he knows something about something, you know? So that's how I knew she had, the program manager must have addressed the guy in front of the other two. So whatever. I'm just sitting there with a smile plastered on my face because I just already enacted my plan to not react because that's what they wanted. So I was like, fuck you and your mama too. I'm not doing that shit because I'm not here for that little middle school ass shit. Like, get out of here with that. We're all adults. I'm here to work. I'm here to provide and sustain for my family and nothing else. You know? And counsel those who need help. And nothing else. But I digress. So that debacle happened. And before I even went into the meeting, I'm passing the counselor's office and the one who wouldn't let me fast asked me how the egg rolls were and then proceeded to tell me that the guy who made the monkey comment paid for the lunch. Oh, do you know so-and-so got the lunch? I said, oh, thank you, so-and-so. So that was another inkling that 
she knew about an issue that was going on between me and this coworker, and I had reported it to the program manager. And she didn't need to know that. Because now it's causing bias. But whatever. Water off a duck's back. I brushed it off and I was like, whatever, bitch. Seriously. Because I ain't giving you that energy. You're not. No. Anyway, meeting's done. Everybody leaves one by one. I stay there. I sit there with my supervisor. Last person leaves. They close the door. And she looks at me. And she's like, you okay? (laughs) And I'm like, so I proceeded to tell her. I was like, I felt like that was a very, I felt like that was a very passive aggressive meeting. I felt like um, people were upset and they were jabbing at the air. Not at me because go off, do what you want. (laughs) Because... I'm just going to talk about it in a podcast later. I have my outlet, bitch. Like, whatever. I go to bed on a cool pillow every day. I do not worry about you. But I'm like, yeah, I felt like that was passive aggressive. And then I gave her the examples of the China. And oh, the, the client that said something about apologizing we make certain people apologize and and others not. Uh, at one point, the guy who made the monkey comment goes, "Oh, well, what am I gonna do? Well, I guess we got some changes coming down the pipeline, like Tupac changes." And then that coworker goes, "Well, I prefer Bowie's changes." I was like, "What in the mayonnaise is shit?" <laughs> Look at their dumb, passive, aggressive asses. Yo, it it was quite comical. I was like, am I fucking being punked? Where are the cameras? Am I on the office? I literally fucking work at the office. And I am surrounded by a bunch of fucking Michaels. It's, it's crazy. And also hilarious. So anyway, she gives some good advice. And she's like, you know. Um, I understand how you feel and people are just going to have to accept that change is here and and practice it and essentially that's you know and I'm like yeah yeah that you know I'm I'm very pleased that someone understands of that heal And the thing is, it's like, I told her, I'm like, you know what? I don't give a shit what anybody believes in their house. Believe what you want at your kitchen table, but leave that shit there. Don't bring that shit into the work environment because you have to keep other people in mind. I don't care. I told her they they could go home. My coworker can go home and put on a hood for all I care and burn crosses don't in your lawn but don't bring that shit to my fucking lawn keep that shit on your lawn don't bring that shit over here same way you wouldn't want me to bring that shit to your fucking lawn because I told my supervisor would y'all want me to do a whole motherfucking Chris Rock stand up at the head of the um 
program? Do you want me to stand in that living room and say, cracker ass cracker? Do you want me to say that shit? No, you wouldn't. Even though I watched that shit and I cracked the fuck up in my house. Because it's funny. But do I bring that shit to your lawn? I don't bring that shit to your lawn. Ain't no fucking crosses burning on your fucking lawn. So keep your fucking cross on your lawn. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, the day goes by. It's almost time for me to leave. Administration, most of them are gone. That co-worker comes upstairs because I'm in the upstairs office looking for the attendant sheet because he's about to do um, group. So I asked him to come and sit down and talk to me. And I said, look, it's no personal feelings, but that wasn't okay. So then he proceeded to say, oh, I didn't mean it in that context. When I said it, I realized, oh shit, the guy was black that I was referring to. It was an afterthought. I said, okay. Yup. And I just was like, I'm not taking it personal, but it still is no need for that kind of rhetoric in this environment. If we're going to ask these guys to do better, we have to set the example. Oh, well, I would never say that in front of a client. I don't know that. You said it in front of me. Hello. If you think, if you think for one minute, I'm going to sit there and trust what you say. This same co-worker three weeks ago, we were shooting the shit in the damn um, office about talking about, I guess, the whole situation with the client that happened prior that got discharged for using the n-word and he was like oh well I came from the school of hard knocks and I went to a catholic school and we just um used to shoot the shit and crack on each other all the time so it was like sticks and stones breaks my bones names will never hurt me and then we were like everybody getting comfortable sharing our um high school stories and then he's like oh and we even like used to haze guys and you know, I remember sodomizing one guy with a broomstick. This is what this guy says. So from that point, I'm like, um, no, no. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's, it wasn't from that point. Cause when he first got hired, I felt he was a little off anyway. So I kept my distance and I keep my distance and I will continue because sociopath, um, what do you call it? Sociopath vibes, man. That That's not okay. That's not okay. So, yeah. So, he says that, whatever, it ends how it always ends, unresolved. Them not understanding certain um, historical connotations or not wanting to and how it makes others feel so fast forward to yesterday (laughs) that was my St. Patty day but now we're going to go to Monday so I come in and 
those two males do not come in on Monday, so it's just the co-worker that forced the corned beef and cabbage egg rolls down my throat. Okay? And mind you, you can't say anything bad about corned beef and cabbage, but this same co-worker, I have heard her say so many things about my culture's cuisine, about how can I can't do the pork, I can't do the fried too much fried cuz of cuz of my health issues but i'll eat the i'll eat the spanish rice i'll eat the spanish rice though bitch who asked you bitch who asked you and i guarantee you it when she says that i just look at her but let me say some shit about fucking corned beef and cabbage and oh, what, 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 you know get real with it I mean knock 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 is anybody home you know the irony of it all but I digress so fast forward to Monday we get a new client it's going on her roster she's reading the client's history in that client history is the n-word and I'm telling you, something fucking told me when I got to work today, I just had like an inkling to want to press the record button, you know, but I didn't get to do it. And I thought about it after she said it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that would have been a moment. So she's like, hey, check out this guy's history. She's reading it. Then when it in that narrative, <clears throat> The N-word is there, which I'm like, why are they even writing that in the narrative and then interpretive summary? Like, why are you even putting that? You don't have to write that word. You can write just the beginning letter and asterisk, 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 you know, enough, enough. To me, I like I said, bureaucracy perpetuates racism and it keeps it going. There's a purpose for racism, and and that's why it's here. Because divided you fall, and united you stand. Motherfuckers don't want you united. But I digress. So she reads the interpretive summary, including the N-word, and I'm making my coffee, and I'm thinking to myself, well, fuck, that was a moment. And here we go again. And I fucking didn't press the record button. And I finished making my coffee. She finishes reading the sentence. And then there's a silence. I'm not going to say an awkward silence because it was an intentional silence. Because I was sitting there taking deep breaths to calm myself down. And I asked my higher power, my spirit guides, God up above to give me the words that I was going to say next. So then I'm stirring my coffee. It's at the bottom of the silent pause. And I says to her, you know, I understand the context in which you're reading that and you don't mean it in the context in which it has offended me, but it has offended me. And it has hurt me. 
to hear to hear that coming out of your mouth. What? What? But I was just I was just reading it. No, you knew what you was doing, bitch. You know what you was doing. Because you wanted to strike this conversation because you know what happened last week. Because you were there when it got addressed. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Because, of course, you can't fucking do that shit in a work environment because all of a sudden you get branded and labeled the angry black girl when someone really fucking fucked up and needs to be told you fucked up. So she proceeds to try to justify why she said it in the first place. And I'm like, I'm not letting her get away with this. So now we're going to enact what most white women do in workplaces. Okay? To, in order to get you down to the sympathetic level so you can fucking listen. You know what I'm saying? So I said, you know what? We're not going to do the angry black girl today. We're going to do the crying Karen today. That's what we're going to do. But not that I intentionally made myself cry. It just came out naturally because sometimes I cry when I'm fucking angry and I want to punch you in your fucking face. But thank God the Holy fucking Spirit activated, okay? And came in and transformed it into a fucking language that that Karen would fucking understand, okay? So she proceeds to try to justify why she said it. I didn't mean it in that context. I said, I know. That's why I started off by saying, I understand that you didn't mean it in that context, but it still offended and hurt me. And let me tell you why. So I proceeded to tell her that um, to think, because she's a recovering, um, she's in recovery, So I brought it back down to her recovery. And I said, think about the times that you were out there ripping and running, right? And you were at your lowest low, right? You were rock fucking bottom, okay? Now I want you to stay there. Stay in that place. Now I want you to imagine the most hurtful thing that someone has ever said to you. And I want them, I want you to imagine they said it to you while you were in that rock bottom state, the feeling that you feel and that you already kicked and you're already down and someone finishes the job. So then she looks at me, her eyes are wide, she gets all red, right? And then she she goes, I understand, I understand. Now I see I see what you're saying. I said, thank you. Thank you for listening. You know? And then what happens fucking next? Okay? Which is the most fucking beautiful thing in my whole entire life. A fucking dialogue proceeds to open. And she says to me, you know, sometimes it's hard because I'm trying to understand, but I don't know what are the right terms to use anymore. And it was in that moment, I felt motherfucking sympathy for that white devil. 
I'm just going to say it. I mean, you know, I did. I did because of the fact that I could empathetically feel someone realizing that the world as they once knew it is done. It's crashing down. It's finished. And I felt that. I felt a pinch in my chest. Like, oh, man, that really fucking hurt her. Like, that realization. But I'm glad she had it. Because it opened the dialogue. And I looked at her and she said, I said, well, provide an example. And she said, well, sometimes I use black and I heard that that's not good to use now. And then sometimes I use African-American and others don't like that. And I'm just confused. I just don't know what to say. I said, well, the first thing you can do is address someone by their name, (laughs) you know. But in the context of if you're talking about a community, ask. Ask what the preference is. Do exactly what you just did to me right now. Some people prefer black and others prefer African-American. And then I proceeded to tell her my preference. My preference is call me blackity black, black, because I'm black, y'all, because I'm black, y'all, because I'm black, y'all, okay? That's what I am. I understand I'm of African descent, but I, those people don't even consider me of their descent. They don't claim black Americans either. We are black Americans. And don't let this country make you think otherwise. Okay? Because they would like to distance us from that. From being inheritance of this country. So I said my preference is black, but do what you're doing now. And I think that will work. And we look, we we held hands and we told each other we loved each other from human to human. And it was dope. It was dope. So I said to her, I said, you know, I would, and this is all that should be ever wanted, you know? I said, I'm not going to speak for my whole community because I know we all don't think the same. And that, you know, that's what I told her. I said, but this is what provides, but this is why I like this dialogue because now you can see that we're, we all don't think the same, that just because you see a community of black folks, it doesn't mean that there's not, we're not multifaceted, you know? And I really do believe that if white people understand that and begin to understand that, they'll begin to see themselves in us. And I used to listen to this affirmation playlist by Deepak Chopra. And the B was for bonding. And the mantra, 
I can't remember, so um, forgive me, I'm not quoting this verbatim, but it's, I do believe it was B is for the, B is for bonding, the bonding between you and me, because you, I see myself in you, you know, and I was telling her, I was like, this is why this dialogue is important, and to be able to have this um, conversation calmly. And no, I do not encourage that you go and have this conversation with everybody in my community because we're still healing. And there might be some understandably who are not open to this conversation. I said, but I am. And if anything, you would like to be taught. I will do it for the greater good because it's necessary. Because once you see that B is for bonding, the bonding that is between you and me, and you begin to see yourself in me, then you will want to treat yourself well. St. Patty's Day. Thank you for listening. Be well, be blessed, and may you be content. Conversations with me.